Good morning. Today is Friday, August the 18th, and we're studying the Bible study guide for the third quarter of 2023. The Bible study guide for this quarter is called Ephesians, and this morning we're finishing lesson number eight. Today's reading is called Further Thought. Let us pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this preparation day that you've given us. We ask you to please help us to prepare ourselves and be ready for your Holy Sabbath when it comes this evening. And this morning as we're studying this Bible study guide, we ask your presence to be with us. Send us your Holy Spirit to guide us. In Jesus' name, amen. We begin by reading from the Advent Review and Sabbath Herald from June 5, 1888. Let your conversation be of such a nature that you will have no need of repentance. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. If you have love in your heart, you will seek to establish and build up your brother in the most holy faith. If a word is dropped that is detrimental to the character of your friend or brother, do not encourage this evil speaking. It is the work of the enemy. Kindly remind the speaker that the word of God forbids that kind of conversation. How would your congregation change if you and each member were to take and live a pledge consisting of such statements as following? I wish for my influence within the Seventh-day Adventist Church family and beyond to be positive, uplifting, faith-building, and morale-boosting. Two, recalling Christ calls for unity and love. I will expend more energy affirming those doing and saying things I believe to be good than in pointing out the failings of those I believe to be wrong. Three, when I disagree with someone, I will make my respect for that fellow believer clear. I will assume his or her integrity and commitment to Christ. I will offer my differing opinion gently, not stridently. And four, I will live joyfully, looking for every opportunity to build up and affirm my fellow church members as I await the return of Christ. And now we have two discussion questions to end the lesson. First, review the 11 times in Ephesians that Paul describes the three members of the Godhead working closely together for the salvation of humankind. How does this repeated emphasis inform our understanding of the Godhead? So, how does this repeated emphasis inform our understanding of the Godhead? We have 11 instances that we're going to read, and each of them have many, many verses. So, let's start with Ephesians 4, I'm sorry, Ephesians 1, 13 through 14. Blessed be the God, our Father. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He predestined us in adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will, and to the praise of the glorious grace, in which He has blessed us in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, and forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace, 
which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as planned for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were first to hope in Christ might, might be the might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. And now Ephesians 1, 15 through 23. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and of revelation in the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come? And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which he is, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Ephesians 2, 11 through 18. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands, remembering that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you were once Sorry, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down his flesh with a dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace and might reconcile both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him were both, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. And now Ephesians 2 19 through 22. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a temple of the Lord. In him you also were, are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Now Ephesians 1, I'm sorry, Ephesians 3, 1 through 13. 
For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of of Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation. As I have written briefly, when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of man in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are the fellow our fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise of Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for Everyone, what is the plan of mystery hidden for the ages in God, who created all things so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access and confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I'm suffering for you, which is your glory. Now, Ephesians three fourteen through 19. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now Ephesians 4, 4 through 6. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were once called to be to one hope that belongs your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Now Ephesians four seventeen through 24. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in all fullness of their minds. They are darkened with their understanding, alienated from the life of of God because of their ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learn Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off the old self, which belongs to your former manner in life and is corrupted through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your mind, minds, and to be put the new and to put on the new self created in the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. And now Ephesians 4. 25 through 32. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he might have something to share with anyone in need. 
Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And now Ephesians five, fifteen through twenty. Look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, and for that is debauchery, but be filled with a spirit, addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And now Ephesians 6, 10 through 20, where the word Lord in Ephesians 6, 10, 10 refers to Christ. Finally, be strong in the Lord Christ and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand firm, Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all power and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So, the question is, how does this repeated emphasis on the Godhead inform our understanding on the, of the Godhead? Time and time again, we see mentioned Jesus, Jesus Christ, Lord, also God, the Father, and the Spirit. And the Spirit, we, we are, time and time again, the Spirit, it's talking about the Spirit as a person. It is a person. It's not just a power. It's not just an influence. It is a being, a separate being. And so how does this inform our understanding of the Godhead? There is a Godhead. There are three beings in the Godhead. God the Father, the Son, which is also God, and the Holy Spirit, which is also God. There are three in one. It's one God. It's not three separate gods. It's not three different gods. It's one God that's composed of the Father, who's separate from the Son, who's separate from the Holy Spirit. And the second question, how does Paul's counsel about Christian speech apply to the age of computer-mediated communication, which is too often used for cyberbullying and anonymous online character assassination? You know, 
it applies to that just as it applies to verbal communication, written communication. You're talking about someone. You're talking to someone. We need to be very, very careful. We need to be careful in how we speak, in what we say, especially in reference to others. You know, I, I, I've given this example before in, in, in some of my churches. I don't know if I've used it here. But, you know, sometimes we can see, we can hear, and we can be way off. And the example is, suppose that uh, I need a television for something. I don't have a TV. I need a TV for something. And I ask you, can I borrow your television? And you say, yes, pastor, I'll lend you my television. So I go to your house to borrow the television. And when I get there, you're not there. And so I call you and I say, hey, uh, remember you said yeah, I was going to borrow my, my television? I'm at your house. You're not here. And you tell me, Pastor, the, the window on the side of my house is unlocked. Crawl in through the window. Go in. Unlock. Uh, remove the television. Take it out. Walk out the door and just lock the door behind you. And so I do that. And so as I do that, someone else from the church is driving by and they see me go into your house through the window. And they're confused. Why is the pastor going through somebody's house through the window? And then they see me walking out of that house with a television set. You know, it looks like a duck. It quacks like a duck. It isn't always a duck. You have someone going in through the window. You have somebody coming out. It looks like theft. It looks like I'm stealing. You call someone up, or, or you know, not you, but the, the person who watched, call someone up. Can You won't believe what I just saw. The pastor, the pastor walked into so-and-so's house and stole the television. And before you know it, it's a big rumor. It's gone everywhere. Everyone knows the pastor's a thief. He's gone in there. He's stolen things. You know? It's not in here in, in, in this lesson, but this advice is good. Matthew 18 tells us, go talk to your brother. Go talk to your brother before you accuse your brother. Before online character assassinations, before real assassinations, before anything, go talk. You know, all it would take is a phone call. Pastor, I saw you go into so-and-so's house. I saw you come out with a television. What's going on? Oh, yes. Well, let me tell you, I went to borrow a television. I called him. He wasn't there. He told me that his window was unlocked and told me to go inside. And, and, I, and I went in and I, I came out with a television. Ah, oh, okay. Thank you. You don't believe the pastor? Call the other person up. Hey, I saw the pastor leaving your house with a television set. Yes, yes. I lent the pastor my television set. I wasn't here. I told him, we'll go in through the window. He went through the window and came out the door with a television set. Ah. Oh, Okay. And that fixes things. There's a saying in Spanish. And the saying in Spanish is, everything is fixed by talking. You talk and it's fixed. There are so many problems, so many miscommunications, so many misunderstandings, so many different types of errors that can happen, that can be fixed by a simple communication. And so what does Ephesians tell us here? Just as we are not to... Uh, character assassinate someone in real life, we're not supposed to do that online. We need to be careful what we say online. We need to be careful. We are Christians. We represent God. God, people are looking at us to see what God is like. We are Christians. And you know, people are watching us. What are Christians like? What are they doing? We need 
to lift others up. We need to be careful. We need never, ever to be an accuser of the brethren. There is already an accuser of the brethren. There doesn't need to be others. Satan doesn't need a bunch of us to also be accusing the brethren. Well, actually, Satan does want that. But God doesn't need others to be doing what Satan does. So, we need to be careful with how we react. Ephesians 5 Four, I'm sorry, Ephesians 4, 25-32. Read it again. Look at it. And, uh, and, and let's try. It, it, it's sometimes hard, but let's try to do our best and always speak encouraging words to others and never, never speak evil of others. Let us pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we ask you to please help us. Help us to, to live the life that you want us to live. Help us to be careful with our words. Help us be careful with what we say. Help us to have integrity. Help us to be honest in all our dealings. And help us to also treat those who treat us poorly with respect, with honesty, and encourage them. And if we don't have that opportunity to encourage them verbally, to pray for them, lift them up to you and ask you to be with them. Help us, Lord, to be brothers and sisters in which we can help one another. We are to help encourage each other to go to heaven and help us to do that. We ask you to please be with us the rest of this day, this preparation day, as we prepare for your Sabbath this evening. We ask you to please protect us from any harm, keep us safe, and keep us close to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being with us this morning. I encourage you to join us again tomorrow. We're starting a brand new lesson tomorrow. So join us. Thank you and God bless you.